1: And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. Today, your Indiana Hoosiers take down the sixth ranked Michigan State Spartans 63 to 62 in what was a wild, wild basketball game. Uh, very exciting, very exhilarating. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Wilson. I'm the host of the Inside Out Podcast, and I'm here today with chat mob Chad Schwartzkopf. And we are having a chat mob takeover on the Assembly Call post-game show today. We're filling in for Jared. Andy and Ryan, who were all in Assembly Hall to capture today's game, and we will break down today's game for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Game show. And let's start with this show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Um, for me, I think the banner moment was really just the play of Justin Smith, the way he came out in the first half and just really attacked the offensive end. Um, yeah, his shooting was unbelievable. Um, it was certainly the story of the game. He hit three threes in the first half. It was um, certainly, it kept IU in the game. It gave them an opportunity uh, to get this win, a very much needed needed win against the sixth ranked Spartans. Um, so as always, it's brought to you um, by our Hoosier uh, Proud, the banner moment um, over our friends at Hoosier Proud home field. at homefieldapparel.com. You'll find the comfiest and most unique licensed IU apparel Apparel available anywhere. At HoosierProud.com, you'll find the great state of Indiana themed apparel while sending 10% of your purchase to causes around Indiana, like the Hoosier Veterans Assistance <coughs> Foundation. Both brands were started by an IU grad, and all Hoosier Proud and Homefield apparel is designed and printed out of Indianapolis, Indiana. With the Big Ten and NCAA tournament looming, be sure to check out Homefield's Indiana All the Way t shirt featuring an IU basketball design made popular during the school's championship runs. And of course, you should check out the Triblend fleece hoodie with the old school IU Bison logo, which Jared, Andy, and Ryan probably um, wore together at today's game. Yeah, go back to and of course, don't forget to use promo code assembly at checkout today for your order on either site. That's promo code assembly at hoosierproud.com and, and homefieldapparel.com as well. So, okay, time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And let's start with uh, Chad. Chad, what is your good and bad from today's game?
2: Well, today's game, uh, it really kind of boils down to a horrible start on defense and just overall from everyone on the team except for Justin Smith. I mean, if if you would tell me that that was going to happen in a game this year, while I would be shocked, I wouldn't be that shocked with how we've been in and out this season. But to have uh, Justin step up and play the game that he did, uh, kind of what we expected from him at the beginning of this year. Uh, going into it, we knew his athleticism. We knew what he could possibly do as a player. And this was kind of one of the first outings to actually see it. Um, and lucky for that, because had that not happened, I think we would have been down a lot more than we were from the beginning. So the, the bad definitely goes to uh, the rest of the team not playing for the first uh, three quarters of the game and and the good uh, will definitely go to uh, uh, Justin at least uh, stepping up and, and starting us off and not putting us too, too much behind the eight ball.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was um, a very interesting start. I think if you would have told me that was how IU was going to start the basketball game, I probably would have told you that IU would have lost the game just simply because Justin was the only guy playing and he was really um, the only viable option for IU on the offensive end, which um, has spelled trouble as of late, but man, he—it must be something with Michigan State um, because he certainly uh, came to play today. Um, so, Chad, I kind of want to get your thoughts here. Um, obviously, you talked about the scoring drought um, at the beginning and how Justin was really the only, um, you know, viable option. On offense, but I I think a really big part of today's game was also the play of Devontae Green. Um, So I want to get your thoughts on um, what you you thought of Devontae Green today.
2: I think Devontae Green, uh, towards the end of the game, he definitely came out with a fire and wanting to contribute. Uh, There's even one play I remember towards the end. I I didn't mark on my notes at what time it was, but he was uh, up on the left side and he was putting his hands up. He was asking for that ball, wanting that ball. Uh, I haven't seen too many plays this year with Indiana players uh, where they have wanted the ball that bad uh, in, in a moment. Um, yes, some have come and got it, but not calling for the ball like that. And green definitely showed up and, and did that. He, he played some good defense on uh, Winston as well uh, when we needed him to um, you didn't really have, at least in my mind, and even skimming back through my notes, any real Devonte green moments. You didn't really have those, uh-oh, what, what's he doing? Now, he he had those moments, and, and he was successful within them. But, uh, I mean, right at the end there, uh, making that three uh, to get us within three points at, at the three-minute mark. There's the three, so all will way straight through. Um <laughs> was really crucial to kind of uh, keep the game within reach. And so uh, he definitely... Again, it, it's, it's the two players that, as IU fans this year, we have uh, thought have been lackluster or there's there been rumors about, will will they be ones that transfer or anything like that? And they're the ones that show up in this big game and the and, and become uh, big contributors when we need them.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right. There's no way Indiana wins this game without Devontae Green, without Justin Smith. Um, and I, I think kind of really a big moment in the game, it kind of came early, there was about four a little over four minutes left in the first half. Um, IU had a fast break opportunity, if you remember. Romeo was, um, you know, working his way down the court, and he really drove into a couple teammates right there in the paint. It's almost like everybody congregated right there into the paint. Uh, he dribbled the ball off his foot. Uh, Michigan State picked it up, threw it ahead, um, it, you know, ahead to I believe it was Cassius Winston uh, for a layup. He didn't get back on defense and uh, kind of cherry picking, if you will. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but. Um, I really thought that was going to swing the gates the other way, and IU found a way to bounce back um, from that. So I, I was really impressed with how they continued to fight back um, uh, in those moments during the game. And, and, you know, looking down the stats here, uh, Chad, IU shot 9 of 24 uh, from 3. So they almost hit that 10-3 point make mark like they did in East Lansing. Uh, it's 37.5%. I think it was more about uh, the, the timeliness of the three pointers. Uh, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, it's definitely, definitely that. And then
2: just the shooting percentage in general, it's a weird game to look at stat wise. I mean, there was uh, a time in the first half where IU was shooting 30%, uh, even into the twenties and, and Michigan state was shooting, uh, 59%. You say that some of those stats along with, with other stats that were going on during that time. And you would think that IU was down 15 points but we weren't. We, we stayed within single digits or, or close enough to it and, and kept ourselves in the game. It's, it's a, a bewildering game in, in, in that sense, looking at the stats to try to figure out how did we stay in this game? I mean, there were lots of moments. I mean, looking back through my notes where we would we would push it and we'd be able to answer. And then suddenly we would uh, Winston would take over. I mean, there was there was a, a 12 minutes where I think Winston was the only one that scored for Michigan State. And then, and we could not answer on the other end. Then suddenly uh, Davis goes in towards the end there. I think that was kind of the turning point uh, where there's about three or four defensive rebounds that Justin and, and Davis had between them. And uh, uh, eventually Justin put it in. Then uh, a next possession, uh, Romeo drove it uh, and brought it within three on aggressive drive, something that you should have been doing the whole game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a big defensive play on the other end leads to a turnover on a bad pass and then uh, Rob scores on the layup. So, I mean, those little swings helped keep us in the game, but we also did other things defensively that put us in the hole to need those swings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it it was just a typical Indiana game uh, so far for the season, just kind of up, down, um, another slow start for the Hoosiers. But I was was really impressed with how the guys came to play and how they bounced back from those moments. And look, they stepped up and made big shots. And, you know, it was – it wasn't really the guys that we expected to make big shots. Uh, Romeo, he finished, let me see here. He finished with nine points. Um, so I know Jared had made mention that he'd expected a big game, but Romeo, he, he didn't really have it. He finished with nine points Al Durham with three, but Justin Smith, Devonte green. Um, if you told me those two were going to lead the Indiana Hoosiers in scoring by far, um, I would have been, I would have been scared with, um, today's outcome. So, um, coming up as we continue our breakdown of indiana's victory over michigan state we will point out today's meaningful moment that you might have missed and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game you're listening to the assembly call post game show stick with us listening to the assembly call iu postgame show i'm josh wilson here with chad Schwartzkopf, filling in for jared andy and ryan who are in bloomington no doubt celebrating uh, iu's big win Um, and they're probably on their way to the crazy horse right now to uh, continue that celebration so we're breaking down indiana's win against michigan state Um, so it's time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed Um, And I really think that the meaningful moment for me, because I think this really got IU back in the game. They go on a 9-0 run. They get it to 45-44. And Michigan State hits a three. I believe it was uh, Jared Goins that hit the three, put him back up 48-44. Devontae Green caused a turnover after Juwan Morgan came down and answered with another three. That led to a Romeo Langford layup. And then additionally, another Michigan State turnover. So the 9-0 run and then just that sequence of turnovers and getting back into the game, I really think that set up the Hoosiers well. Uh, Looks like we're joined by Jared and Andy. Hi, fellas. Um, Chad, what was your uh, meaningful moment of the game?
2: I think uh, kind of mentioned it before when when Winston kind of took over the game and then and then having the guys uh, come back with some good defense and, and some actual uh, sharing the ball on offense and, and multiple guys scoring was really kind of what what helped bring it back when we got that game within one uh, was what really uh, made it made it reachable and a victory possible for this game. Um, Jared and Andy, you guys able to hear us? how was the energy out there? Uh, I know the crowd seemed to many times want to get involved with the game and IU was just could not get it going. Um, what, what was it like being there watching the game?
3: Yeah, it was uh it was a little bit like the start of the game for IU. They were a little bit, you know, lackadaisical it felt like, and, and kind of subdued. Uh, but like you said, it felt like every time the crowd started to get into it, Michigan state would go on a, you know, five, seven point run and, and push it back out. But everybody was just, waiting to kind of blow the roof off once, you know, once you actually got the lead. That's what we kept thinking about is like at some point, if they can get the lead, what would actually happen? And I'm pretty sure in looking through, they didn't take the lead until Juwan made the free throw as part of that and one at the end. And that was the only lead they held was the one that mattered the most. So it was, uh, I mean, it was an awesome environment as it, you know, eventually everybody really got into it and uh, and IU played played so well, really ratcheted things up defensively. And Michigan State, uh, they, they basically, there was a stretch this would be my meaningful moment, I guess. Um, they took out Tillman and uh, and McQuaid for a couple minutes. And IU really went on a run to get back in the game. And I don't think Michigan State subbed the entire rest of the game. And there were times going into the under four timeout that those guys just looked absolutely gassed. And, uh, and a lot of credit to IU for, for making those plays. Devontae made some really good. Subtle defensive plays, knocking the ball away and, and things like that. So I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you go before we start moving
4: here. No, I mean, I'm. you know, you guys already talked about Justin. He was great. Devontae was great. To me, the story of the game was the defense that Rob Finnessy played and the way that Indiana really got more solid in their ball screen coverages, especially Jawan Morgan in the second half. And look, I, you're going to look at Cassius Winston's line and you think that he kind of dominated, and he did because he's a great player. But Rob Finnessy's defense on him was just terrific. He played on-ball defense on a point guard exactly how you need to in the pack line, which is he fought through screens. You know, he didn't need help on a lot of possessions. And when he did, in the second half, Juwan was there. And the defense, for about the first eight, 12 minutes of the game, just wasn't very connected. It, it wasn't what we've seen in the last three games. But they turned it up and just played so well defense that the score was, I think it was 45-44, Archie takes Rob Finnessy out, and what did I turn to you and say? I said, they're going to score on the next two possessions, and he's going to have to put Rob back in. Sure enough, they scored on the next two possessions. And it wasn't necessarily because Devontae was playing bad defense. He just wasn't at Rob's level. I mean, it was a really strong defensive performance from Rob Finnessy, who had one of the more impactful five-point games that I can remember because he spearheaded everything Indiana was doing offensively just forced michigan state and forced cassius winston to catch the ball where he didn't want to cassius winston is just a great player and made some great plays but we made it really hard on him and that's what you have to do to beat him and ultimately indiana was able to do that And i think the other thing with the crowd is every time there was a big defensive possession the crowd was up and ready to go the problem is you know when you have those poor possessions on offense it kind of deflates things but they're toward the end Indiana was able to execute and convert and get some of those buckets, even if it was, you know, that crazy play by Jawan or you know Devontae pulling up for a three, where you're like, no, no, yes, and that kept the crowd in it. At some point, you've got to have some offensive success to keep the crowd going, and it really felt like the team and crowd kind of converged at the end to help deliver the victory. So it was just it was amazing being there. Uh, and you know, obviously, it was great seeing the students get on the court and be able to enjoy, uh, you know, a big win like that. So now the question, of course, for Andy is, keep 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 winning. <laughs> is the answer to the question.
1: Yeah. Any remarks? The Any remarks, Andy? Any bubble <laughs> remarks? Uh, I
2: think
3: the uh, I, I think it starts to become a a more legitimate discussion. I, it's legitimate now, but you're one game over 500. I think it becomes a lot more compelling of a conversation if they're able to win at Illinois this week, which is not going to be easy based on how Illinois played and how IU played on the road. And it seemed like, in this case, you know, we talked about the slow start. Just You start to wonder with this team, like, how many times they can pick themselves back up. But they managed to do it again um, over the course of the game. There were a lot of runs that Michigan State had to push the lead back out. And it just seemed like there was a timely bucket from somebody. Uh, and just as everyone predicted, the two uh, double digit scorers would be Justin Smith <laughs> and Devontae Green. So you know, I mean, amazing!
2: this was this was definitely the, the mountain of a game to get over with the within these three games. And that's not to mention that we're sliding down the backside of a mountain. There's still a few other little <laughs> mountains that we have to get over. Uh, but this one definitely feels good and gives you good energy and at least momentum going into it. Um, it, it was a nervous game. Uh, to, to watch here at home not having mm. that energy that you guys had there uh, yeah. because you just kept you kept feeling doomed uh, that what are we gonna, we can't answer we can't do anything on offense it,
1: it felt like that being there too
4: so don't
2: okay me. good
1: good 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 you just it had 17,000 of your closest close friends answer with answer you
3: answer. so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was pull us along but the feeling was generally the same as what you felt
1: yes
4: and we, and we uh, were sitting behind a gentleman an older gentleman who was not happy with the free throw
2: shooting, or really, at,
4: or really <laughs> anything. <laughs> but he was happy at the end of the game.
2: <laughs> a a true
1: IU fan, enough. yeah, For yeah. Like I, minutes, he was not pleased with anything. No. Yeah, I've been to several. Three, I've were, like, been to several games this year. Devonte early in the game, but he didn't
4: have much to say in the second half because Devonte. I, I tell Devontae, I don't know what it is about Michigan State that brings out the best in Devonte Green, but he has shown up big time against Michigan State and hit huge shots. So you know, hat tip to him because he has really struggled it feels like to be part of the team the last few weeks and he was really part of it. I mean, he was fully engaged and really played hard and, you know, earned those makes that he got. So I tip my cap to him. He was, he was impressive today.
2: Well, and also I believe this game was a game that uh, many of the things that we've talked about this year and, and, and uh, Ryan likes to hit home as well is that, the voodoo doll feels like it's been put down. The, the, the needles have been pulled out of the voodoo doll. There wasn't really yeah. any moments where the ball felt like it just did not fall the right way for us or uh, the guys on their end that normally don't get hot got hot and hit threes. Uh, yeah Winston went crazy but that's that's what he does he's he's a he's a leader of a player he's a junior he didn't guard go
4: crazy and, from three though that's the thing we didn't give him many threes
1: not I mean, many guys to
4: defend the three-point line has gotten so much better I
3: think he not hit one really early and I don't think he hit another I don't think he hit another one the rest of the game it's yeah those much. were his <laughs>
1: first points was the three yeah um and, uh, you
4: know and the other the other stat thing too is we had 13 more shots than they did and a lot of times this year we've been on the opposite end of that but you know, at a certain point, you just get more shots than the other team. You got a higher likelihood of scoring more points. And I thought just the shot volume today was really important for Indiana, in part because we had eight, nine, ten steals, however much it was. Mm-hmm. And those weren't by accident. I mean, we had active hands, active feet, um, active eyes, and that, you know, it really harassed Michigan State all day long.
1: Yeah, so uh, while we're on the subject of that, so it's, um, you know, let's, let's go inside the numbers real quick. Um, there, there's a few that stand out to me. Here real quick, Um, turnovers. Indiana won the turnover battle. They were plus six. Michigan State had 14. Indiana had eight. Um, Indiana out-rebounded Michigan State by, albeit um, there's just one rebound, but at the end of the day, they won the battle. And then, like Jared mentioned, IU had 13 more shot attempts. They took nine more threes than Michigan State, and then took they made three more as well. So, I mean, really, I think, guys, you can probably pick any stat out of that bunch that you want to, but I think the big key for me is the turnover battle. IU caused, they were heckling them on the defensive end, and they really found a way to take care of the basketball. Uh, Chad, what stat stands out to you?
2: I think the the rebounds as well. While they're relatively even uh, on both teams with 30 and 31, IU's rebounds were at least equal on offense and defensive rebounds, uh, 16 and 15 uh, respectively. Um, that was something that, that felt good. And the, like I said, those tip balls and, and, and we've at least seemed aggressive under the board, especially when we had, uh, Devante or excuse me, when we had Justin and Davis in there, they were, uh, kind of animals on the board, especially that again, that one play where I think we got three or four, uh, offensive rebounds, uh, and finally put it back in. So at, le- at least, uh, we were fighting in that regards and, and, and that felt good.
1: Absolutely, uh, Jared, Andy, you guys are still with us. Uh, any thoughts on a statistical standpoint there?
3: Uh, I, you guys hit on a couple of the big ones. Fifteen offensive rebounds led to the shot disparity that Jared talked about. There was a few times that Duran had one uh, when he came in in the second half, where yeah. that was a, a kind of meaningful moment type of possession where he was really able to cause a couple a uh, couple additional shots. Finally, got one to go in, and that was uh, Juwan had some really big putbacks that that last bucket of the of the game. Uh, was one of those, and then free throws. I you didn't necessarily shoot them well, but they, you know, doubled up Michigan State from the free throw line eight to four, which is not a, a huge accomplishment, but really just kept Michigan State off the line uh, from getting free points. It is in a one some, game. <laughs> some would argue. Some would argue that one of the th- times that Cash Swinson got two shots was one an offensive foul on him for hooking Rob Finney, and two not in the act of shooting. But I would um, argue that. I would concur. So anyway, but but regardless, I mean, they didn't give Michigan State easy points, and and. Really were able to play solid defense, didn't get guys in foul trouble where, you know, even though Juwan wasn't playing well, he was available and was out there as opposed to, you know, trying to find ways to, you know, patch together minutes uh, without him. So those were the few things. And, you know, making nine threes, not something this team has uh, made a habit of doing either, except against Michigan State, apparently. But uh, but, but that was, you know, really hit some timely ones, it felt like, as much as anything. There were a few that didn't go down, but uh, a couple ones that really stopped momentum. That one Juwan hit – uh, that you oh, talked that was about, huge. Uh, where yeah. he was you know wide open on the wing, had to shoot it. Devonte hit a couple big ones uh, to really not let Michigan State get too much separation.
4: By the way, that on um, Juwan's three, that was a great behind the back pass by Devontae Green because it's the mm-hmm. only way he could have gotten the ball there. You know, and so sometimes Devonte tries to do those fancy things, and you're like, what are you doing? In that case, it was actually the right play because it was the only way to get him the ball. So that was that, and one and you guys might have mentioned this, but you know, a couple other meaningful moments I thought really stood out that we haven't seen Archie do a lot is early in the first half and early in the second half, you know, Indian didn't come out on an either one with a lot of energy, and Archie took early timeouts and kind of got the guys regrouped, and I thought that helped to settle them a little bit, and we haven't seen a lot of that. He's been willing to kind of let them play through that, and I was actually I was pleased to see him take a little bit more of an active role in managing the game early kind of sensing that his team didn't have quite what he wanted. And yeah, watching,
2: watching watching on TV, watching on TV, they went in the huddle for one of those timeouts and that you're mentioning. And that's when Archie was really telling them, we're not putting pressure. We need to get in there with pressure. We need to be more aggressive and everything. And so he was getting on the guys for that. And they answered with two straight possessions with uh, almost steals. Uh, One should have been traveling when the uh, Michigan state guy kind of fell to the ground, Mm -hmm. holding the ball. Uh, but but iu and iu uh then started pushing it on transition when when they put that pressure on defense so i think that was definitely
1: uh uh, received by the guys and and much needed yeah it was uh definitely um some big moments there but you to your guys a surprise indiana's free throw defense still number one (laughs) michigan state went four or five for the day i think that can't be uh understated enough so oh man what a game all right so um coming up on the assembly call we'll continue our breakdown of indiana's huge win against the number six ranked michigan state spartans that's next year on the assembly call assembly call To the Assembly Call IU post game show, catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for free IU hoops email newsletter. Over 6,000 of your fellow IU fans are subscribed. I'm Josh Wilson here with Chad Schwarzkopf, filling in for Jared, Andy, and Ryan. We are continuing our breakdown of Indiana's win against. Michigan State. Um, And so I kind of let out of it in the last segment, uh, Indiana uh, kind of jokingly, Indiana's free throw defense. um, They held Michigan State to five free throw attempts um, on the day. And I I just, I think Michigan State and Tom Izzo really pride themselves um, on that type of basketball, getting into the lane, getting other teams into foul trouble. And he made mention of it a couple times during the in-game interviews when they would have the camera um, inside the huddle. And I, I just think with Indiana being able to um, really, just play the type of defense. And I talked, and we talked about the way Rob Finsey played defense. I, that for a freshman to do that on a guy like Cassius Winston is um, unbelievable. So, um, you guys have anything to add about Finsey's game? I, I just I can't get over the way he played. Arguably, the Big Ten Player of the Year, Cassius Winston, and um, really, how do you how do you think he carries that over um, coming up uh, Thursday against Illinois?
4: Well, you know, to your point about the free throw defense, we've joked about free throw defense because it's in the, it's the opponent free throw percentage that is so low, which yeah, you can impact by fouling the right, the right guys, but for the most part is just kind of variance. Today it was actual free throw defense because we yeah. didn't put them on the line. Yep. And and but yet we were able to play physical. I mean, it, you know, just watching that that mano a mano battle between Cassius and Rob was so interesting because You know, Rob did such a great job of moving his feet to stay in front and bodying up just enough to kind of throw him off course. And Cassius, you know, had the little subtle, you know, little arm jabs. And, you know, I think it's fine. I mean, they were both maybe technically fouling each other, but I was glad they didn't call it because both guys were using their physicality to just the right amount, which is what made that such a good battle. And I mean, you know, for a freshman to be able to do that, because it wasn't just today. You know, he did it against, you know, Carson Edwards in the Purdue game. He did it against Iowa's guys. He did it against, uh, you know, Davison uh, for Wisconsin and Trice for Wisconsin. So, you know, we're really seeing him emerge as, you know, I don't know that I necessarily want to call him an elite on-ball defender yet, but he's getting there. And, you know, just his poise as a freshman offensively too. You know, I think everybody kind of had the sense in the first half it's like, He's got some opportunities to take some more shots, and I think he probably did. And I think as he grows and matures, he'll be a little bit more comfortable taking those opportunities. But defensively right now, I mean, he is ready to defend in big games against big players. And, you know, to defend with confidence, you don't often talk about defending with confidence. You think about confidence more offensively, but you have to be confident to play that physically on the ball and to play that physically getting through screens and not letting a guy go where he wants to go. And I think Rob's defensive confidence for a freshman is what's so – that and his technique are what are so impressive. Well, and I think the other thing was just the level of competitiveness.
3: I mean, Winston made some just great plays where there's really nothing you can do. He does such a good job of making little subtle movements or changes speeds and does things like that that are really difficult. You know, the one he splits guys and makes a, you know, 13-foot floater – at the, at the free throw line, like there's not much you're going to do about that. But I thought that instead of hanging his head and, you know, feeling like it's not his day, I thought it just made Rob play harder. Uh, and he really, I mean, those last handful of possessions were just phenomenal. The way he fought through screens that last, the last shot, I thought Winston traveled to, to try to create enough space to even get the shot off against him. Um, but he was just, you know, like Jared said, just right, you know, chest to chest with him. And Winston is a guy who's not Known as a guy who's you know gets it done with quickness, more just with you know, kind of crafty in some ways, I guess you'd say. But um, yeah. I thought Rob really really took that challenge. Um, and and the way that he continued to respond to it, even as Winston scored in in the second half, especially where he did a little bit more scoring. The first half he had seven assists. I don't know what he, I think he ended with 10 or 11 but um I, yeah, it was it was just a really impressive performance. And I do think, like Jared said. He had some other opportunities to shoot the ball where, um, you know, where probably shots that over time he's going to take. Uh, but he really, you know, defensively, if nobody was able to slow down Cassius Winston the way he was, there's no way that IU gets themselves back in the game to a point where they can win.
4: Yeah. And then you have to remember when you look at Cassius Winston's line is, you know, 17 points, 11 assists. I mean, that's a great day no matter what, but he uses every single possession. I mean, you know, So, you know, so he's accounted for so much, and that puts so much pressure on the guy who's guarding him. So, you know, whatever the numbers say, that's fine. This was a great defensive performance today from Rob Tennessee. Yeah,
2: I think that that we'll definitely see uh, some similarities if we look back, uh, seeing what Winston did. I think uh, parallels to Rob uh, guarding him. I think Rob will turn into a player very similar to Winston offensively as he uh, matures and his – uh, skills advance uh, as a player which is going to be great uh, on uh, for IU in the future uh, and then add in the defense that he does now it's only going to get better or, or stay relatively the same um, another thing I, I just want to shift to uh, that we kind of alluded to before and I can do it now because Ryan's not here to, to grump and complain about it I felt like it was a well called game I mean I, I didn't really there were a few moments here or there where the refs uh, uh, Maybe missed something or, or, or two, but I don't feel like they affected the game uh, like we have in the past. Um, now, with the games, when the game started, uh, we saw that Bo was going to be there, and we all kind of, as IU fans, collectively sighed, but I don't think he was uh, a factor or the refs overall were really a factor in, in, in how this game uh, turned out.
1: Yeah, I, I'll agree with you there. I, you know, we always ask—at least I always asked when I played—for the rest to be consistent, whether it was good or bad. Just call it consistently, and I, you know they let them play quite a bit today. Um, so, you know, sticking with the stats for a few more minutes. Um, I, there was a couple. I was surprised by a few things, um, and I was able to watch the majority of the game outside of chasing around my children. Um, but I was really stunned that race Thompson. Did not play today. Just with the advantage that I think Michigan State was going to have down low. I, I'm I'm really stunned by that. Is I mean, you, you have any insights to anything? Anything seem out of normal in in warm ups, guys that were there or nothing that? Uh, no, I we didn't see anything. We were both a little bit
3: surprised as well. I mean, he got in for maybe the last minute of the first half. I think a little bit of it was Justin Smith playing so well that you mm. know some yeah. of the minutes that he would normally get. Uh, we're really coming at the expense of Justin, who you really couldn't couldn't really craft an argument to take out. And, and so I think they really just played the, the three guys between and Juwan. Nobody was in foul trouble either. So I thought those things were it as much as anything. Although I do think from a physicality standpoint, I was still a little bit surprised. But if I had to to guess, it was really just that Justin played well. Juwan didn't get in foul trouble and they were able to sprinkle in Duran enough. Uh, to give him other minutes there, but I was I was a little bit surprised he didn't get, get three four minutes here and there. But uh, you know, I think had Duran, he was uh, he was on the bench during one of the timeouts and kind of had a towel over his face, but wasn't out with everybody else. I don't know if he got hit in the in the nose or something in the first <laughs> half. Uh, we didn't see it well enough, so he didn't play much after that in the first half. But did you know give him a few good minutes in the second half? And I think it was just a case where the guys that were playing were playing well enough. Just that they tried to ride it out as best they could during that time.
2: I mean, I, I think I, I wanted to maybe see race come in a little bit for Jawan Morgan, some in that game, because there were many moments that I, I watched and I even noted them down where I felt like Morgan had some Morgan-esque, uh, lackadaisical moments on defense, uh, staying on the help defense too long and his man getting loose uh, for easy layups. I mean, at the 11-minute mark, he, he let uh, Michigan State get back into it uh, um, after after they cut it to one. And then... I saw on a possession. I don't know if you guys saw it live or or, uh, anyone saw it uh, while we were uh, watching it live on TV, but there was a moment he was out of Morgan was out of position and you saw Romeo actually pull him with the Jersey and and tell him to get back on his man. Um, So I, I, again, Morgan stepped up at the end, which I think negates a lot of that in my head, but there were lots of times where I felt like he uh, wasn't doing what he should on, on defense. Now I granted I think race could have maybe done just as well, if not better. And I guess with the offense not doing well, you got to keep Morgan in there uh, and and try to at least get it to him, which I don't think we did enough uh, on the block uh, to jumpstart the offense when it was all Justin. Um, Cause again, race is not really in rhythm yet in the offensive end to, to to kind of do what Morgan could do, even if he's not doing it in the moment.
3: Yeah. Jared Jared did mention something like that during the game that maybe this is just reflective of, how Archie feels that race can can play on the offensive end so I think that's I think that's possible um but we saw what you did with with Juwan and I think it was somewhat emblematic of what you saw from a number of guys on defense early where just a little bit slow to rotate just a little bit uh you know kind of a, a step behind it, it felt like uh, as they went now the flip side of that is I mean he was really having to bang because Duran wasn't playing a lot uh he was really having to bang with tillman who is just huge in person and, a, and a, just such a physical presence where really having to fight for every inch, both offensively and defensively. And, uh, and, and Winston, the way they run all those ball screens, they have a lot of kinds where the guys running up from the baseline to set it at the top of the key. So anybody defending those big guys is really getting put through the ringer, trying to figure out what they're doing, uh, you know, how to cover those ball screens defensively. So I think that was a little bit of the issue, but I definitely saw some breakdowns from, from Juwan's standpoint, even though he did get, get better as the game went along. Uh, But, yeah, I I saw what you saw.
1: Um, Another quick stat, Indiana Hoosiers, they led for all of two minutes and two seconds today, uh, with the largest lead of the game being the first initial bucket, uh, which put them ahead to nothing. I I found that kind of astonishing. Look, it's not how long you lead. It's just, you know, as long as you lead at the end of the game. And then a quick question for you guys. When was the last time your Indiana Hoosiers swept the Michigan State Spartans in regular season play? Anybody know?
3: I have no idea. My wife actually asked the same questions we were walking out, but none of us knew.
1: I'd I'd say we got to at least go to the 90s. 2013, 2012, 2013 season. IU swept Michigan State. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I I always forget about the 13th season, so I thought that was uh, an interesting set. So uh, coming up here in our final segment, we will hand out our game balls, and we will hit on any other storylines that we have not hit yet plus an interesting comment I just saw from Arch Miller in the postgame show that will surely pique Andy's interest. Uh, Then in our last call, we'll deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's very, very big win against Michigan State. That's next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Listening to the Assembly Call IU game Show. I'm Josh Wilson here with Chad Schwarzkopf, and we have been joined uh, via video chat by Jared Morris and Andy Bottoms. Uh, and they, along with Ryan, are in Bloomington right now, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's win against Michigan State, a 63-62 victory. Um, so let's go around the horn here and get um, at the game balls. Chad, we'll start with you. Who gets your game ball today?
2: I mean, I, th- I think it's it's going to be a clean sweep on this one. It's got to be Justin Smith. I mean, he's... He came in and he performed like we, again, all hoped he would perform at the start of this year. And he's finally done it for us. And he just, please keep going. I don't know if we, if you need to imagine that the other team has green jerseys on or what, but but keep
1: that going, buddy. Absolutely. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll just go ahead and slide right in. Definitely Justin Smith, uh, I don't think I use in that game at all in the second half if he doesn't have the first half. That he did. Um, I think Devontae Green certainly gets, if there was an honorable mention category, he's, uh, he's your winner there. But Justin Smith, arguably the best game of his season so far. Um, Andy, Jared, I'm assuming you guys are going to agree with us.
3: Uh, I'll go first. We were talking back and forth a little bit on, on mute here, and we'll, we'll probably let you guys go after we, after we hand out ours. Um, I would go with Justin for, I think, a lot of the reasons that you said, Josh. I mean, the first half really gets away from IU if he's not able to make those threes and, and play the way that he did. Uh, and you don't have a chance to actually come back and win the game in the second half if he didn't play as well as he did. Uh, I think from an honorable mention standpoint, Devontae is certainly one uh, we, w- we would say. I would certainly give Rob Finnecy, based on what we said, and, mm-hmm. and maybe an mm-hmm. underrated one. This is not quite game ball territory, but Al Durham was, when things got a, where it started to go awry at the beginning of the second half, he was really the only guy being really communicative and uh, and encouraging, and they went to the huddle and Archie took that time out, and he's kind of clapping, trying to get into guys and and really keep their heads up and, and go through that. So he didn't have a great offensive game by any means and uh, and ended up losing some playing time to Devontae because he was playing so well down the stretch. But I thought from, again, from a leadership and an emotional standpoint, he continues to step into that role a little bit, Not not to the level that you would give him the game ball for it, but it was definitely something that you might not have picked up watching the game on TV that I certainly noticed when we were there, but I, I'll give mine to Justin. That was a, a long and winding road to give it to Justin, got a choice anyway. But at least wanted to call out the other guys because there were certainly a number of noteworthy performances today.
4: Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I would also—I I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast—but Deron Davis, something happened to him in the first half where he was uh, yeah, like, "Do good. you talk about that?" Yeah, so it was nice to see him get in the second half. And I thought the bucket that he made, and we talked about it, where he got a couple of offensive rebounds, that was a huge play. And this is not a game that is going to go down. You know, when you look at what what Romeo and Juwan have done as Hoosiers, this isn't going to be in the top, you know, 90% of their games. I mean, statistically, they didn't have big games. But I credit those two guys, not for the way they started, because I didn't think they had great energy early. I thought Romeo was more lackadaisical than I've seen him in a while. He just didn't really seem into the game. But they made some big plays late. And I thought Romeo finally stopped settling and really was committed to taking it in. He made some big plays you know, Jawan found a way, even though he couldn't get the ball on offense and couldn't get himself going with offensive rebounds and just some toughness, found a way to score. So I think those two guys were a big part of the reason why Indiana had a hole to dig out of, but I credit them for coming through with big plays down the stretch. Um, And so it's, you know, you wouldn't give them an overall game ball, but, you know, in a game like this, to come back like this against a team like Michigan State, you've got to have everybody going. Um, And the other thing I'll say is, you know, credit to Archie Miller, too, you know, for being able to navigate a game where his team didn't have great energy at the start of both halves for shortening his bench. And I think for really making some good substitutions, you know, with when he played guys and for riding the hot hand with Devante, you know, he really seemed to have a sense of the game. And I think that's part of the reason why race Thompson didn't play as much. I think we all would have liked to see him get out there, but the way the game flow was going and how much offense Indiana needed and the fact that Justin was playing well, I understand that. So, You know, I think you got to have everybody come together just like happened up in East Lansing. And I thought that happened again today. So, you know, you can you can, you know, kind of hand out little game balls to everybody because I thought everybody really contributed to this one.
2: Now, uh, one question before you guys leave us, uh, this was the, the first game that you guys got to see this year from this team. Was there anything being there and, and, and seeing the team live that the, the broadcast doesn't show you, or you, you haven't seen edgewise that you learned about this team, or you saw a moment or something that, that kind of caught your eye that you learned from, about this team, uh, being there live.
4: I would say that, it's hard to kind of judge the energy that they're going to play with from the way that they interact when the game isn't on, you know, just from warmups and from kind of seeing them interact in huddles and before the game. It's just it's kind of a low key, low energy type team in that sense. You know, and I remember kind of thinking to myself, like, all right, you know, like that's I don't you know, it doesn't necessarily seem like there's a great togetherness, maybe. But yet the way they played at the end, you don't play like that if you haven't kind of come together and gotten some of that. And I think, you know, Andy kind of made that point with Al being kind of the vocal guy. You know, and so I, I think as you look forward, you want to get more of those personalities and those vocal guys. But you know, that 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 really came across seeing them live, but then you saw them translated into great energy and togetherness anyway, on the defensive end, even on the offensive end. So you know, it's one of those things you want to take as much from those non-playing moments but uh you know i'm not sure that it really translates to this team like sometimes they have it on the court sometimes they don't for the last four games for the most part they have they have and that's why they're playing a lot better
1: yeah so uh that'll be justin smith's second game ball of the season <laughs> and I, I think we could all agree that that certainly cannot come at a better time so um jared andy appreciate you guys joining us have fun okay, at the appreciate crazy me. horse appreciate
4: you guys covering for us thanks for holding down the fort today
1: stay safe and have fun gentlemen all
4: right last call meet us a crazy horse
1: <laughs> right, if you guys didn't hear last call at crazy horse <laughs> all right uh so yeah we're, we're working our way towards the last call here um justin smith as i mentioned second game ball of the season so uh next week we'll take a little look ahead here uh, obviously the next show for assembly call will be banner monday on monday afternoon with uh jared and i'm, I'm sure mike deCourcy will be Uh, back on and then we'll have uh, another episode Thursday night that will actually be the IU Illinois post game show because that game is on Thursday evening over in Champaign so you're listening to the assembly call IU post game show and remember that because you're an assembly call listener you get 15% off your entire order at hoosierproud.com and at homefieldapparel.com so if you want officially licensed IU gear go to homefieldapparel.com and if you want one of our Assembly Call logo t shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com. On both sites, make sure to use the promo code assembly at checkout and you get 15% off your entire order. All right, Chad, it is time for last call. Um, so, what would be kind of your closing statement on uh, what would undoubtedly be another big win on IU's uh, tournament resume?
2: I think the last call of this is that we've got another piece that has lacked this season that has fallen into place and produced well, and that is Justin Smith. Again, we're drilling at home like crazy, but going into this season, remember he, he had that 48 inch uh, leap and he's athletic and we saw him come on strong at the end of last season. And we were, we were hoping to see that keep going and that level keep rising as this year started. And we didn't, and we've had many times and and me personally as well, where he just doesn't look like he wants to play for this team in, in, anymore. And I think here he finally showed that he does, or he at least loves and still wants to play this game. Now that's another piece. Now let's take that piece and plug it in with all the other pieces that have clicked in other games. And instead of having uh, one piece or two pieces click in, in, in a game, can we please put it all together and see the whole puzzle for one game? Uh, if that can happen and, and, and we still have a chance for that to happen, Uh, we could be pleasantly surprised despite this uh, uh, lackadaisical losing streak that we had in this season. So uh, I'll still be there cheering no matter what happens, but um, at least there's some hope in in our hearts uh, going into these final games that we have.
1: Yeah, and and that kind of leads to um, my last call here. So after the Iowa loss, I sent a tweet to Jared, and I said, look, all we have to do is go 4-0 and win – At least the opening game in the Big Ten tournament, and this basketball team will find itself in the bracket on Selection Sunday. And I think we can all agree that that's probably was a wild pipe dream at that time. Just simply with the erratic play, just the up and down that has been this basketball team since the turn of the new year. And you know, lo and behold, we are now Indiana. Now is two and and I think they've got the. Well, what was probably going to be the toughest game was Michigan State because not very many people go into East Lansing, and Indiana was able to do that and win. And certainly Michigan Michigan State wanted some payback, and you know IU found a way to win. So you beat Wisconsin, you beat Michigan State. Your final road game is over at Illinois, which is not going to be an easy basketball game. But you're two and zero, so two down, two more to go for the regular season. Um, and I think Indiana has a great, great opportunity in front of itself, you stack up these two wins that are remaining at Illinois, home against Rutgers for senior day, you, you're going to put yourself in a really, really good chance because the bubble is weak. And I was hoping to catch Andy before uh, they had to hop off, but um, I'll, I'll bring a, a quote from Archie in the, in the post game. He says, uh, quote, I think our resume will speak for itself. You have to control what you can. We have a unique resume. Our schedule strength is off the charts. Big wins against highly regarded teams it's about how you finish. We have to win, period, unquote. Have to win, period. We've got two of them, and there's two more to go. So um, it's going to be a big game Thursday night. Um, I appreciate y'all joining us here, and that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Monday afternoon. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers.
0: Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the assembly call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing and so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate... Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you.
4: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Let me be straight with you. This is a radio commercial for three small business insurance. With three, your entire business is covered. So while you can't see the following scene, just know that this contractor's business is protected by three.
3: Hey, toss me that drill. Yeah, man. Heads
4: up. Oh,
3: that looks expensive.
4: Now this is an insurance moment, but Three's got it covered. Three is a product of Berkshire Hathaway Direct Insurance Company. Three, no nonsense, just common sense.